Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Unless you're talking about the bridge and seaport, even from the seats in the upper decks, you can see the seashore. Tailgate function with the cornea side. Just walk from the tribal building for the Padres. I'm on it. Yeah, because for the 619, we'll knock you down. Anything for the brown, put it on the town. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby says you want to go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 294 of the Talking for Hours podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden, your host here. Let me change that overlay. There we go. What a night this is. I mean, Jacob deGrom signs with the Texas Rangers. He is no longer a New York Met. And then minutes ago, we had a, like, beat writer war, kind of. Like, Kevin A.C. put out an article put out something about the Padres and them meeting with Trey Turner's representation. And then like 10 minutes later, maybe 20 minutes later, Dennis Lynn of the athletic comes out with the piece and just like dunks on AC. And cause his piece was better. I mean saying, well, both I, I don't want to say better, but Dennis Lynn dunked on AC like 20 minutes after AC came out with his article, and we'll get into both of them. Both of them did have some good stuff uh, in them. Um, But Lynn says that the Padres have met with Trey Turner not once, but twice in person already ahead of next week's winter meetings, which happen to be here in San Diego. So maybe they'll meet again when it's in San Diego. Uh, This came after, I think, Jason Stark earlier today said that the Phillies plan on meeting with Trey Turner in person they plan on meeting with all four of the big shortstops in person 
So this is crazy. Um, we heard of the Padres' interest. We've obviously heard of it the last week. Seems like Bogarts was the main one, and now it's pivoting to Trey Turner as being the guy that the Padres are really interested in. Uh, who would I rather have, Bogarts or Turner? Just based on the talent, I'd, I'd go with Trey Turner. I think he's the better player. I think he will age better. He can play center. He can play second. can play short. Sure, he can play third if you need him to. Um, he's just the better player. I, I would be fine with Bogarts as well, but the Padres are in on the shortstop market. Talked about that. I think it was last night on the show anyway. Um, but I wanted to go live again and do another show today. I was not planning on doing this, but when the report comes down that the Padres have met twice with Trey Turner, I, I got to come talk about it with you guys. So thank you so much uh, for tuning in here and being live with me or on replay on YouTube or listening to the podcast uh, version. I appreciate it. Uh, you can follow social media channels at Talking Friars. So let's get into these um, articles. Uh, who should we start with? I think we should start with Dennis Lynn because that's the biggest one. I, I feel like that's the bigger article. Um, so let's start with the Dennis Lynn piece. This came out. Let me let me go look at. The, ti the timelines real quick, just to confirm like when this happened, because AC tweeted out or hang on, let me double check this. Forty eight minutes ago, AC tweeted out that the Padres at least are perusing the shortstop market, talking with Trey Turner and Xander Bogarts and then Dennis Lynn came through on Twitter 32 minutes ago. So there was what? What's that? A 16-minute gap between the tweets. Lynn comes in and says, the Padres have had two in-person meetings with Trey Turner. Sources tell me and Ken Rosenthal. San Diego appears to have legitimate interest in signing the star shortstop. Like, just totally comes in and takes all of Kevin's thunder, it seems like. Um, so... Here was the Dennis Lynn piece and, and what that is about, what he said. Um, so he said, the Padres have met with free agent shortstop Trey Turner twice in person ahead of next week's winter meetings in San Diego. Major League sources told The Athletic, signaling that an unexpected suitor has legitimate interest in signing a player who could command this offseason's second largest contract. And I agree with that about the second largest contract thing. Aaron Judge is get going to get the the most money. He's going to get over three hundred million. Trey Turner is going to get over two hundred million. Um, it's probably like eight years. Uh, Lynn says it's unclear exactly when and where the Padres sat down with Turner, though those conversations did not take place in San Diego. Sources said, but the fact that there have been multiple meetings suggests some level of mutual interest. Padres president of baseball operations, A.J. Preller, did not immediately respond to requests for comment. And that's not surprising. Why would he respond to this? Um, he, he doesn't want to, you know, respond to the Padres being interested in Trey Turner. He, he probably doesn't even want this out there, right? Whenever A.J. makes moves, you don't really hear reports about it. I mean, Juan Soto, you are going to hear reports. It's Juan Soto, but, and Boris is the agent. But when A.J. makes moves, sometimes you don't even hear about it. 
but we're hearing a lot about this. So when we are hearing a lot about this, I, I don't think that, I mean, the Padres could be being used, but I think there is legitimate interest in both sides if we are hearing about this, about the Padres meeting with Trey Turner twice. Um, that like you don't meet with someone twice and the Padres not actually have legitimate interest in him. And Trey Turner, I don't think, meets with the Padres twice and doesn't have legitimate interest in the Padres, right? Um, Lynn says, whether the Padres can outbid other teams with clearer needs at shortstop remains to be seen. Rosenthal reported also on Tuesday, um, Padres have expressed interest in another top free agent, Xander Bogarts. We knew that. Bogarts is expected to land a deal approaching or exceeding $200 million, but Turner, a candidate for possibly $300 million, appears to be the Padres' preference. The thing, uh, the 300 million part, I don't think we have heard this offseason, right? MLB trade rumors, I think they were projecting Trey Turner to get like 270 million, something around there. But uh, eight years, 268 million is MLB trade rumors prediction. Three, three, or 33 and a half million dollars per year. They have Bogarts getting just below 200 million over seven years. So 300 million, that's obviously a big step up from two, around 270. Uh, Look, I've already said previously that I don't think it's the best move for the Padres to go get Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts because I think that they need to... I'd rather have Juan Soto than Trey Turner. I'd rather have Juan Soto long-term than Xander Bogarts. And I think that they, they need to prioritize starting pitching. That's what failed them this postseason. Um, and it's not a guarantee that Snell and Darvish and Musgrove are going to be able to stay healthy for the entire 2022 or 2023 season and into the postseason. Um, so I think starting pitching needs to be the priority. But when Trey Turner is meeting with the Padres twice, I'm going to talk about it, I'm, and I'm going to be excited about it. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, this sucks. Why are we meeting with Trey Turner? We need to go after starting pitching. I still have the opinion we need to go after starting pitching, but this is really, really interesting. Of course I want Trainer, Trey Turner to be on the Padres. This guy is one of the best shortstops in baseball. He's one of the best players in baseball. Um, and again, so meeting with Trey Turner twice in person tells me that there's interest in there's interest from the Padres side and there's interest from Trey Turner's side. I would think Trey Turner would be open to playing other positions, would be open to playing center field if he needs to at some point, would be open to playing second base if they really want Ha Sung Kim at shortstop and you can move Jake Cronenworth over to first. We'll get to Cronenworth here in a minute uh, because Kevin Acey wrote about Jake Cronenworth and had some interesting things there, which I don't like, uh, but I'll get to that. But obviously, this Trey Turner news, it obviously is exciting. Um, that's pretty much what Dennis Lynn said. He obviously described the situation with Tatis and Kim already being on the team and Cronenworth and how the positions could work out. I mean, the winter meetings are in San Diego. I would expect, I mean, I don't know if Trey Turner is going to be in San Diego, but I would expect them to meet again if he is in San Diego. They've already met twice. Like, you meet one time, okay, you kind of talk, what does Trey Turner want, how many years, and maybe the team leaves and says, yeah, we're not giving that to him. All right, then you don't meet again. But to meet a second time, that tells me that Trey Turner, his representation, told the Padres, hey, 
we want this, this, this. The Padres came back and said, we're interested. Let's meet again and maybe talk some. Maybe they didn't like. I'm just throwing this out there. I'm just throwing out reasons why they would meet a second time. Maybe they meet again and the Padres, their side of things, they say, oh, maybe we don't want to give you $300 million, but we'll give you 270 or 280 and we'll spread it out here. Or they present Trey Turner with multiple different contract options, like short-term, really, really high AAV. Turner can be a free agent again when he's like 31, 32. Um, or, or, and then they could present him a longer-term contract, seven, eight years, something like that. Maybe that's what's happening. Again, I, I don't know. I'm just, this is just me throwing out ideas. Oh, may, maybe this is why the Padres meet with Trey Turner for a second time. All I know is meeting, you meet someone for a second time, you have interest in them, right? Why would you meet with them for a second time if there's not genuine interest in both sides? So uh, I'm going to be following this, obviously, very closely. I know Padres fans are going to be following this very, very closely. Uh, Look, Trey Turner, he is truly one of the best players in the league. We saw it this year. Yeah, some people want to complain about, oh, he he didn't have the best postseason. You know, he didn't show up defensively great for the Dodgers. You're really going to hang your hat on that and be like, I don't want to sign Trey Turner because he made a couple mistakes on defense in the postseason. This guy was a 4-9 player, 4-9 war player, according to baseball reference. 21 home runs that he hit. uh, Almost hit 300, 100 RBIs. Had an OPS of 800, over 800. OPS plus of 121. uh, Two-time All-Star. He finished top seven in the MVP back-to-back years, 2020 and 2021. Top 11 MVP finish this year. Uh, I mean, he stayed healthy. He played 160 games this year. Like, he is one of the best players in the league. And Xander Bogarts is another amazing player as well. So, yeah, I'd love to have either of them. I, I still don't think the Padres are going to get Trey Turner. I don't think they're going to get Xander Bogarts. But... Until a move happens, I'm going to keep talking about Bogarts and Turner because this is the big thing right now. Like, Turner and Bogarts, this isn't just a Padres story. This is a Major League Baseball story. Like, Turner and Bogarts are two of the biggest free agents on the market this offseason. So, it's not like, oh, the Padres are interested in, I don't know, name some smaller player. Uh, Is Josh Harrison a free agent? They're interested in a small guy like that. And maybe this is a Padre story, and you're going to hear San Diego talking about it. No, this is Major League Baseball. Like, Padres are meeting with Trey Turner twice. That gets Phillies fans probably pissed off and gets them a little worried. Uh, That gets Dodger fans probably worried if they want Trey Turner back. Uh, It gets other fan bases that want Trey Turner a little worried, right? Like, this is not just a Padres thing. Uh, it is very, very interesting. I can't wait to see what happens. Meeting twice with Turner. Phillies are going to meet with Turner. I assume he's taking meetings with other teams. It seems like things are coming to a head. Like you would think that something happens this next week at the winter meetings. I sure hope it does. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd obviously take Trey Turner. I mean, I'm probably repeating myself a lot here. 
But I mean, there's not a whole lot to add on that. Like this guy's a great player, and I'm ecstatic that the Padres are meeting with them twice. It, it's this is another AJ Preller type thing, right? Where we're talking about Trey Turner, we're talking about Xander Bogarts, but in the back of our heads, it's like, is this really going to happen? Like this is cool to be talking about, and us being interested in these two guys, but is it really realistic? Like I, I don't think it's the best move to do this. Uh, but then you see the report here. They met with them twice. It's like, oh, where'd this come from? We didn't hear about this. We didn't know they're meeting in person together, not in San Diego. So that means like Preller and the Padres, probably Seidler as well, have flown to Florida or wherever Trey Turner is. Like That's genuine interest. That is genuine interest. Uh, is there anything else I wanted to talk about with the Dennis Lynn article? I don't think so. I'll get to the chat at the end like I always do. I just want to give my thoughts, my you know opening thoughts here. Uh, if you want to make sure I get to your comment, you can use the Super Chat button. That's greatly appreciated. Uh, any questions as well, you can put them in the chat, and I'll get to those uh, in a bit. Kevin Acey, minutes before Dennis Lynn and Ken Rosenthal dropped that piece at The Athletic about Trey Turner meeting with the Padres twice, he wrote a piece. Uh, for the San Diego Union Tribune about the Padres shortstop situation. And he had some interesting things to say. Uh, Definitely interesting to say the least. Um, I'll get to that here in a second. This episode is sponsored by Gaglione Bros Famous Cheese Steaks and Garlic Fries. Their main location is on Friars Road, and you can visit gaglionebros.com for their menu and contact information. You can also enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and inside Snapdragon Stadium. So Kevin Acey's article out of the San Diego Union-Tribune, he said tonight that league sources said Friday, league source said Friday, the Padres have talked with Trey Turner's representation and characterized those talks at least as extensive as the previously reported talks the team has had with Xander Bogarts' agents. He said, it still seems like a long shot that they bring in one of these shortstops. Uh, and to sign Turner or Bogarts, they'd have to give up two draft picks, a million dollars in international bonus pool money. It's the same thing that they would have had to give it up or would have had to give up if they went and signed Anthony Rizzo, right? Those two guys had qualifying offers offered to them and they obviously rejected them because they're going to get a bigger deal in free agency. So the Padres would have to give up some compensation. Uh, but AC's article there confirmed that the Padres have talked with Trey Turner's agents. The talks uh, are at least as extensive as Xander Bogart's. Um, the talks that they've had with Xander's agents, and we know that the Padres have talked. I don't know about it extensively, but they've definitely talked with Scott Boris because we've Heard the report about uh, the Padres asking if Xander wants to change positions. Now, Boris denied that, but he we know that those talks have taken place, that they've at least talked about Xander Bogarts. So that was before Lynn said that the Padres have met twice. So it's definitely more encouraging now hearing that the Padres have met with Turner twice. We didn't know if the Padres had met in person with Trey Turner yet, but they have talked. That's what AC said. Um, and he said, this was the more interesting part for me. 
And I think this will lead to a very intriguing conversation here. Kevin AC added on here saying, any move for a shortstop likely would involve trading another middle infielder. The executive that he talked to specifically mentioned the possibility Jake Cronenworth could be made available, but stopped short of saying the team was looking to trade the two-time All-Star second baseman. When I read that, alerts just went off in my head. Like, whoa, 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 hold on a second here. Thinking about trading Jake Cronenworth, like he could be made available if they get another middle infielder. What are we doing here? What, really? That is not the guy that you make available if you go get another middle infielder. This guy's a two-time All-Star, back-to-back All-Star. He can play first base. If you bring in another middle infielder, let's say it's Trey Turner. He's going to play shortstop or second base, you would think. They'd have Tatis in the outfield or Turner in the outfield. doesn't matter. Tatis or Turner, they're going to play either second base or shortstop, right? You don't have a first baseman. So Jake Cronenworth needs to go play first base. If you're saying, if AC's saying here, uh, or this executive that AC talked to saying, uh, a move for a shortstop likely would involve trading another middle infielder. Um, The middle infielder that you trade or that you make available is probably Ha-Sung Kim. And I think Ha-Sung Kim has value. I mean, I think he could bring back starting pitching. Like, he was great on defense. Teams know what they're going to get out of him defensively. This guy did lead off at some points for the Padres this year. And I think teams are probably expecting him to only get better offensively as he continues to have experience in the big leagues. And I love Hassan Kim, but he can't play first base. He's not back-to-back all-star, right? He's not a guy that can hit in the middle of the lineup, even when Bogarts or Turner is on this team, in addition to Tatis and Soto and Manny and et cetera, right? So the guy that you make available is Hassan Kim, not Jake Cronenworth. Preller loves his versatility, right? I know Kim can play second. He can play short. He can play third, right? But Cronenworth can play first, second, short. Like, you need a first baseman. If you go get Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts, how much money are you going to spend on a first baseman if you trade Cronenworth, right? Like, that doesn't... I just don't know how much money you would spend after spending over $200 million on Bogarts or Turner. And then you're trying to spend $500 million on Soto. And then you're trying to lock up Darvish on an extension. You would think at some point, like Preller talked about that at the GM meetings. So if you spend on a shortstop, my point is Padres probably don't want to go spend on a first baseman as well. When the first base market, by the way, is not that great. Why do you think they're involved in this shortstop market? Because the left field market, the first base market, it's not great. I mean, Trey Mancini, Josh Bell, Brandon Drury, uh, Michael Brantley's more of a DH guy. Jerks and Profar, they'd probably have to overpay to bring back, according to reports that we've heard. And Scott Boris is really playing Profar up uh, when he was talking to reporters at the GM meetings. So you get your, you're in the shortstop conversation because you want the best overall team, the best lineup, and then you find positions for these guys. And you know Bogarts and Turner are better options than Brandon Drury or Josh Bell in the lineup. You know that those two guys, if you get one of those two guys, they're better options than any left fielder available on the free agent market. 
And you make that move wanting to add those guys to a lineup that includes Jake Cronor, right? Like that's that's a focus, right? That You're adding them to a lineup that includes Jake, that includes Soto, Manny, Tatis, right? That's your core of that lineup. You're not saying, oh, I want Bogarts and Turner to add to a lineup with Hassan Kim hitting in the middle of it. No, Jake Cronenworth is the one that's hitting in the middle of it. Hassan Kim's going to be hitting probably seventh, right? So as great of a defender Hassan Kim is, and I, I thought he filled in really well in 2022 at shortstop when Tatis was out. He's the guy you make available. You don't trade Tatis when he has a no-trade clause, and he's one of the best players on the planet when he's on the field. He can play the outfield, can play short. He's just simply one of the best players in the league. You don't trade Cronenworth. You don't make him available because he has multiple years of control still. He can play multiple positions. He can play a position that you have a hole in right now. Ha-Sung Kim, he, seemed, he, he should be the guy that's the odd man out. If the Padres do make a middle infielder available, if they do trade a middle infielder, like AC is saying, any move for a shortstop likely would involve doing so, right? So, yeah, that got me kind of boiling when I saw the Jake Cronenworth thing there. He's my favorite player. Anyone that knows me knows that. Joe Musgrove, he's two. Uh, I was a big Myers fan and obviously loved Manny. Uh, like, someone that follows the Padres as close as I do knows how valuable Jake is to this team. And Kim's valuable to this team as well, but Cronenworth is more valuable to this team, I think, than Hassan Kim is. And I know that's me. That makes it look like I'm trying to put Ha-Sung Kim down, right? I'm elevating Cronenworth, and so I'm bashing Kim. I'm not trying to bash Kim. I'm just saying, like, you don't trade Cronenworth if you get a shortstop. You trade the guy that plays primarily shortstop if you're getting a shortstop, right? At least that's my thought process there. So that's what AC said. Uh, that was the main points that I wanted to get out tonight. Um, I can... Here, I'll pull up AC's article to see if I missed anything, if I missed any main points. Because it was a good piece, but it, I, th I think it got probably overshadowed a little bit by Dennis Lynn's piece. So right out of the gate, AC says, AJ Preller appears to be at it again. Or perhaps the, president, the Padres president of baseball operations is simply doing his usual uniquely exhaustive due diligence. While there is no cl real clarity on how advanced discussions are, the Padres have at least waded further into the deep free agent shortstop market. A league source said Friday the team has talked with representatives for Trey Turner and the char characterized those talks as at least as extensive as the previously reported talks the team has had with Xander's agents. Uh, and then he talks about it being a long shot. Look, I, I still, look, I agree with Kevin. I think it still is a long shot. I don't think that they bring in Trey Turner. I don't think that they do sign um, Xander Bogarts. I, th I think their priority needs to be starting pitching. But beat writers keep writing stuff about it. So there's something to it. Um, Padres payroll, AC says, likely to exceed $210 million and would inflate past $230 million with the signing of Bogarts or Turner. I saw something that the Padres payroll is 
only like $4 million under the first luxury tax. So even if they don't sign Bogarts and Turner, let's say that they go make starting pitching their priority, they're still going to go over the luxury tax anyway, right? If you sign Kodai Senga, it's like $15 million a year. You're going over it. You sign Carlos Rodon, let's say it's five years, and you give him $25 million a year, $30 million a year, you're going over it, right? So even if you sign a one-year starting pitcher, just a one-year guy, you're probably giving him eight, nine million. I mean, Matt Boyd just got 10 million. Clev got 12 million or 8 million guaranteed, right? If you sign someone like Manaya, I don't think they will sign Manaya, but someone like that, an innings eater, someone to put in the rotation, you're giving them probably seven, eight million at least, right? That's going over if that number I saw was right about the payroll. So, uh, I mean, might as well just go way over it then, right? Just go get Senga, go get Rodon. Like having Rodon or having Senga, someone like that, that takes the series back to San Diego if we had him on the team this past year instead of Clevenger, who couldn't get it out, or Manaya, who, look, I, I don't think he should have been sent back out there for that second inning. I've said that millions of times already. But, again, those were the Padres' starting pitching options there, right? And you, so you need four strong starters. And I think Nick Martinez is best out of the bullpen uh, in the postseason, so the Padres probably want him there as a multi-inning guy like this past postseason. And as I talked about earlier, it's not a guarantee that these starting pitchers, Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Martinez, it's not a guarantee that they stay healthy this year. So you're going to need extra starters. And having Julio Tehran as your fifth starter right now, that's not what you want. It's fine right now, I guess, because we're not even at the winter meetings. But uh, let's say, you know, a few weeks from now, if it's a few weeks from now, and the rotation is still the same, we're probably going to have a problem because I would think Rodon's going to be off the board and Senga's going to be off the board. Like, at some point, these starting pitchers are going to start flying. I mean, DeGrom signed today for five years, 185 mil. I mean, that's an overpay, obviously. A lot of money for a guy that doesn't, hasn't stayed healthy recently. Uh, but guys are getting a ton of money. And someone said, I forget if it was Rosenthal or Heyman, there was a report the other day about how some people in baseball think that Clevenger, him signing that $12 million deal with the White Sox, was a good floor for starting pitchers. A floor. So, again, the Padres want to give a one-year deal to someone. They're, if they're only like 4 or $5 million away, they're going over. Even if they're not, even if it's more, they still need a first baseman. They still need a left fielder. Um, like. They, they need a couple bats. That's going to cost more than 10, 12 million, I would think, if it's through free agency. Now, I don't think all of their additions are going to be through free agency. I'd be very surprised. I mean, Trey, uh, not Trey, AJ Preller. Um, I'm confusing a lot of names here right now. AJ Preller, he's going to make a trade, I would think. Trade someone in the farm system or someone on the major league team to go get, maybe it's starting pitching, or maybe it's a bat at, at a cheap salary. He, he likes doing that, uh, and I think that fits the Padres right now because they need some cheap salaries on this team because it's, it's getting pretty darn expensive. It's not my money, but I'm just telling you the facts. Like Tatis, Manny, Musgrove, uh, obviously Soto coming up here hopefully in a couple of years. Like That's a lot of big contracts. 
it, we're in a different situation than the Phillies. The Phillies have one $330 million guy. The Padres have a couple of those big contracts, and they want to add a third in 2024 or whenever, you know, with Soto. Um, so, yeah, it's, again, kind of whatever, or what I'm trying to say here, my end point to everything I talk about is I cannot wait for the winter meetings next week. It's going to be very interesting. Uh, I don't have a room there at the winter meetings, but I might be living there essentially for next week. It is arguably my favorite time of year. I mean, obviously the postseason and you know the season is great, but I love the rumors. Checking Twitter all the time. My Twitter blowing up is like it is kind of right now. Uh, I love this time of year. I'm just looking through my Twitter right now, and there are a ton of ton of people that are not happy about seeing that Cronenworth thing. Just like me, people. A lot of people are saying I will riot if Cronenworth gets traded. Um, I, look, I don't think he's going to get traded because I don't think the Potters are going to get Turner or Bogarts. And they're this report was about if they do get a shortstop like that, they could make him available. That executive AC talked to didn't say that they're looking to trade Cronenworth. So I think that for Cronenworth fans like myself, that's what I'm going to hold on to and be like, okay, they're not looking to trade him. So he's a Padre. And until he's not, I'm thinking that the Padres view him as a big part of their future. Uh, hang on. I'm just scrolling Twitter here real quick just to see if there's any other news. No, there's not. Nope. A lot of people just talking about Trey Turner and the two meetings that he's had with the Padres. Again, I'll get to the chat here in a minute here. Sorry. Um, other teams in it for Trey Turner. I mean, the Phillies are definitely in there. Maybe the Dodgers. Uh, maybe. I don't know if they want to pay him a lot of money, though, to come back. The Phillies, they definitely seem like they're in it for Turner. And if they don't get Turner, I would think they're definitely going to get Bogarts then. Uh, I'm someone that likes Stansby Swanson. I know I totally went in a different direction there. But, I mean, I like Dansby. Um, he's probably the cheapest of those four shortstops. And if they want a shortstop, I mean, he has performed in the postseason. And he's good defensively. He can hit at the top of the order, or he can hit near the bottom of the order. Uh, or not the near, not the bottom, but the middle. Probably after Chrono or something like that. They have, you know, Tatis, Manny, Soto at the top. Um, I mean, if the Padres want to spend, let's say, less than $200 million on Swanson, and then spend... A hundred million on a big starter, and that equals the amount that they would have paid Trey Turner. Is that worth it? You have you lock down a starter for five, six years, probably five. Let's say it's like Rodon, and then you have Swanson for five, six years. Is that more appealing than only signing Trey Turner? I mean. This shortstop class, I mean, we haven't even talked about Carlos Correa either. He's he's a very good shortstop as well. He might be the second-best shortstop. He probably is the second-best shortstop on the market behind Trey Turner in front of Bogarts and Swanson. Um, but I, I, I 
I'd be interested in seeing what Dansby look would look like uh, as a Padre in uh, a Padres uniform and in this lineup and playing short. He could probably play other positions as well. Um, but like, if they're in it for Bogarts, who is, according to Boris, only willing to play short, I mean, wouldn't you want to look at Swanson, who would probably be cheaper and he could play short? Maybe that's just me. And you can, I, I would like spending less money on the shortstop, get Swanson, who's a very good shortstop still, and then you can spend on a Carlos Rodon or a Kodai Senga. And I think that makes your team really good. It, it makes your offense better and it makes your starting rotation better, right? It makes your starting pitching better. So, I mean, and then, you know, Mallory Pugh. I'm a big fan of her. I mean, and that's that's not anything baseball related, but if you know, you know. Uh, Mallory Pugh is about to get married, I think, to Dansby. Um, there's a lot of talk about them going to Chicago because Mallory Pugh plays for the Chicago team. Uh, but I wouldn't mind having Mallory Pugh coming and watching Dansby at Petco Park. I think that's a long shot. I, I I'm not hearing anything about Swanson, but again, I mean, Preller sometimes makes moves where we don't hear about that guy. We hear about some other big-time guy, and then he comes in out of nowhere and brings in someone else. And it's like, oh, okay. We didn't hear anything about Bob Melvin, hires him. Did we hear a whole lot about Chaminade? I don't think so. Brings him in. We didn't really hear anything about Musgrove or Darvish or Snell. He trades for them. Uh... We didn't hear anything about Josh Hader. We de- I remember that. Yeah, we heard about Juan Soto because it was Juan Soto, but we did not hear about Josh Hader, right? I mean, Brewers fans were surprised that they dealt him, and Preller gets him. So we might be, he might be, st- he might be, someone might be leaking this, and they're hiding Swanson or Correa, hiding that. Maybe they want to see if they could get them at a lower price or. Maybe they want to do the thing with DeGrom and not even, don't have it out there, right? Like there were some reports about DeGrom being with the Rangers, but it was quiet. It was pretty quiet today. I didn't hear anything about DeGrom. And then all of a sudden, you have the Rangers, not not like, I mean, Passon was out there, but like immediately, the Rangers, after reports came out, they tweet out a press release, the physical was done, the graphics of him in the Rangers uniform was done, and they post it. And official, it's official, having a press conference after the winter meetings are over. Like, it was done. Boom. Just like that. So, my point is, like, he could be steering us in a totally different direction than what he's going to end up going in. So, I guess, I mean, we can't look out for that, right? But I guess you could keep it in the back of your mind or maybe not be as surprised when it happens or if it happens. But that's just me throwing around stuff. and. This is just, I'm just talking right now. My thoughts that are in my head, just saying them out loud. So if you agree, let me know in the comments. If you have other thoughts, let me know in the comments as well. Thank you so much for being here. Episode 294 of Talking Friars. Again, the big topic tonight, the Padres have met with Trey Turner twice in person, not in San Diego, according to Dennis Lynn of The Athletic. All right, let's get to the chat. It's your boys is an Angels fan, says, I hope we sign Correa to annoy the F out of Dodger fans and pod sign either Trey or the other shortstops. I'd be fine with that. 
I have nothing against the Angels, and yeah, that would annoy the Dodger fans um, if Trey doesn't sign back with them. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd be on board with that. Jack says, I honestly am upset that we are trying to sign shortstops, but I trust Preller. I'm not upset that they're trying to sh sign shortstops because I understand that if you move Musk or not Musgrove, um, if you move Cronenworth the first, like it could work and it makes the offense better than any free agent you'd bring in, like Bell or Drury or Profar or anyone in left. And you can move Tatis to the outfield. It just makes your offense better. Uh, but I understand like people being like, why are we doing this? We need to go get starting pitching. And I have that thought as well, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm upset that we're trying to sign shortstops. Like these guys are great players and Preller will make it work. The Padres will make it work if they truly want it. Mills says pitching failed us this year. You sure it wasn't the lack of hits? I get your point about the lack of hits, but NLCS game four, the Padres got out to a four nothing lead. Was that good enough? Should have been. Clevenger didn't get an out. Martinez came in, was tremendous. Manaya comes in, gives up a run in the first inning he pitches, comes out for a second inning, and he gets shelled. That's pitching failing us, I think. Clevenger against the Dodgers in game one of the division series gets smacked. Pitching fails us. Yeah, we won the series, but the starting pitching there failed us. So, yeah, I think we do need another big starting pitcher. Um, I mean, yeah, the Padres are trying to upgrade their offense. So the lack of hits, I understand that. Why, why are they talking about Bogarts and Turner? They're trying to improve the offense too. Don't, don't get me wrong. They're trying to improve the whole team. I'm just saying priority-wise, like if you're listing priorities, I think pitching, starting pitching should be ahead of Trey Turner or Xander Bogarts. Hawkeye Digger asks, what do you think the odds are Manny opts out after next year? Also, do we have anyone, do we have anyone in the minors that could maybe DH? I mean, Campy's not in the minors, but maybe he could DH. Uh, Brandon Dixon, I don't think you want him DHing. Taylor Callway, I think, is, a, is an outfielder, but I don't think you really want him DHing. I think the Padres want to go get a power bat that has been in the big leagues before to DH. Um, to answer that first question about Manny, Odds of him opting out. If he has another MVP year, I could see him opting out and restructuring with the Padres, but I actually put the odds at less than 50-50 of um, Manny opting out and going elsewhere. I don't think he's going elsewhere. Like This is the spot for him to finish his career. He loves it here. The This is Manny's town. It's not Tatis's town. It's Manny. Like He's the man. So... He's the one that should have won MVP. The fans chant Manny every game, it seems like now, when he's at the plate. Um, Peter Seidler has shown that he is committed to spending money, trying to contend while Manny Machado is in a Padres uniform. And as long as that continues, why would Manny go elsewhere? Matthew says, trade with the Brewers for pitchers, question mark. The only problem is, uh, if you believe Bob Nightingale, he came out today on Twitter, and I think this was, might have been before the DeGrom news. It doesn't matter. It was today. Um, actually, I think it was after J 
Jesse Winker was traded to the Brewers because there was that trade today, another trade. Um, him and who was it? Abraham Toro traded to Milwaukee, and Seattle got back uh, Colton Wong. And Bob Nightingale, this was today. He said the Brewers are now telling teams that they are keeping aces Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff. They are unavailable in trades now. I don't really believe the unavailable part, like totally unavailable. Uh, Juan Soto was not going to be traded, according to Mike Rizzo, and then the Padres upped their offer. So if a team gives them an offer they can't refuse, the Brewers are going to trade them, or at least one of them. But right, yeah, maybe they're unavailable, and they're saying, yeah, you're going to have to give us everything if you want these guys. But I, I don't think that they are... Um, I don't think they're untouchable, but I don't think they're going to get traded, though. To the Padres, definitely. Maybe another team. The Padres, I don't think they have the pieces to do that. Yep, I agree, Corey. We need starting pitching first. I agree. Trey Turner is great. We'd love him to be a Padre. We'd love him to be back in the Padres organization. I'd love to have Dansby Swanson. I'd love to have Xander Bogarts. Carlos Correa, I don't know. He... I mean, yeah, he's a great talent, and I'd love to have him. For, I don't know. He just seems not like the best teammate. Like the quotes that he had in Minnesota at the end there, I don't know, kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Um, but I, I'd, I'd be happy with any star shortstop. Like that's Those are better options, I think, than any first baseman available in free agency, than any left fielder available in free agency. So that would make the offense as good as it could in the free agent route. But pr priority should be what failed you at the end of the season, and that was the starting pitching. All right, I think that is it. All I wanted to hit on tonight, I was not planning to do this uh, show, but Dennis Lynn and Kevin Acey decided to bless us with that information tonight. So we did a show. Thank you so much for tuning in here, episode 294 of Talking Friars. Stay tuned for winter readings content this coming week. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Daily Padres Entertainment, at Talking Friars on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you to the podcast audience, the YouTube audience, and have a great night, everyone. Go Padres.